This is Marketing Today from Melbourne, Australia, your number one podcast for news and commentary on some of today's top marketing stories. Now, here's your host, Peter Wagstaff. And welcome back to Marketing Today podcast number 93. It's it's 93 years. Tracy just looked surprised. 93. Oh my God, you've lasted that long. Yeah. Let me introduce Tracy Dagger, Associate Professor Tracy Dagger, who's uh, recently joined the Department of Marketing here at Monash. Great to have you on the podcast, Tracy. Thanks, Peter. That's great. Yeah, and of course we've got Cole on the couch as usual. Yeah, being boring, still stuck mouldering in the corner of the couch. It's nice to have somebody new here. <laughs> now, Tracy, the. On our last podcast, Colin and I were talking about a few services marketing-based issues, and Colin suggested that you would be the perfect person to bring into the uh, into the podcast, have a sit on the couch, and talk about uh, a few issues related to services marketing. That's that's your area. Yeah, sure, that'd mm. be great, really good, yeah, fantastic. Now, who watched the Grand Prix on the weekend? Are you a bit of a, a rev head, either of you? Um, I watched the start and then left. Yeah. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah, well, I, I'm, I'm one of the 45% of the Victorian population who go out of their way to avoid it. I went out of my way to avoid it. Okay, so you the, could... The ratepayers, taxpayers who fund it to the tune of $30 million. Grumble, well, you grumble. can guess who's going to win in the first five minutes anyway, so, yeah. mm -hmm. you know. Well, that depends which one of the clumsy clots crashes it's like first. like who's out right? first. Yeah. Who's in front? Yeah. Yeah, oh, okay. And then they form a nice, uh, an, a nice queue. And, and unless that guy who... Um, uh, the guy who did the burnouts in, uh, in on a public road... Now, that's <laughs> that's the main reason I wanted to, to bring this into the discussion. What, what nobody's pointed out was that... This was Lewis Hamilton. For those listeners that, that are... Uh, um, ignorant of, of what happened at the Formula One Grand Prix here in Melbourne. Lewis Hamilton, uh, one of the, the top drivers, the night before the big race, uh, did a burnout on public streets in a, a very expensive Mercedes. Um, a, a road Mercedes, not his Formula One. Yeah. And it was right in front of the police. They pulled him over and um, charged him and impounded the car under Victoria's Hoon legislation. Mm -hmm. um, that car, incidentally, has now been returned to Mercedes, who owned it. And it's probably going to sell for more than its list price. <laughs> exactly. It was actually being auctioned today. I haven't seen the um, the outcome yeah. yet. Marketing wonderful. <laughs> it's, it's, it's fantastic, isn't it? This guy, incidentally, he can't drive a racing car either. He, he, he managed to crash into somebody else on the racetrack. Oh, that's right. Yes, he didn't that's do all that well, so, did he? So, so he's, that was he, a bad start. Yeah, so he, he's, he's, he's not particularly effective as a racing driver. So then he goes and does a burnout in... Um, but he's a busy, it's a sort of tourist-type street. It was in uh, St Kilda. Entertainment. Lakeside Drive in St Kilda, yeah. Yeah. Mm. yeah. yeah, so it was a really stupid move of him to do that. Ooh, but, um, yeah. So was it a PR stunt, though? No, it was just him hooning, okay. hooning around. Hmm. Um, well, that's a good question. It, is this a conspiracy theory? You think it might have been a, a Mercedes PR stunt? Well, I don't know about Mercedes, but the driver himself, you sort of think he got a lot of free coverage on the internet. There's a lot of talk about him in the social media channels. It got on into the newspaper. Mm. Um, you know, lots of free media coverage um, for Mercedes there and, and for him himself. So, you know, one's always got to question these things. Yeah, and it's certainly a good question to be asking, I would think. Um, he's, he's certainly, I mean, is, is it a case of any publicity is good publicity? Mm -hmm. Could be. Yeah. But it's certainly got a lot of people who like that sort of thing excited and saying what a hero he is. And well, that's the thing. You've yeah. got a demographic yeah. that he's chasing here, and you know there's probably a percentage of that demographic that that would think, you know, good on you, you're doing what you should be doing. You're a race car driver. This is the type of behaviour we'd expect to see. And there's probably a segment of the demographic that doesn't agree with it. 
Um, and then there's a lot of other people that probably have various opinions on it. But, you know, definitely there'd be a part of that demographic that would probably look at that and think that this was okay. Yeah, absolutely. And look, that's really interesting because there, there was another outspoken individual on this issue, and that was um, the Australian Formula One uh, racing driver, Mark Webber. Mm. Um, and he publicly um, made a comment over the weekend about um, on this very issue uh, and related it back to to Australia now being like a nanny state, I think was the, mm. the phrase he used, and, and the media have jumped onto this. I think the timing was particularly bad here because we're right in the middle of a, a big TAC and Vic Roads safe driving campaign yeah. leading up to Easter. So, of course, here are two opposing messages reaching, reaching Victoria's drivers. Um, it, it, it was a rather silly thing to say, wasn't it? I mean, 30 years ago we were killing uh, a 1,000 people a year on the roads here, and countless less how many more mm -hmm. uh, getting seriously damaged. Um, we're, we're now down to, what, 300, 400 a year? Yeah, it's about three or 400, yeah. and there's uh, no with, doubt with, that... With, I think, three or four times as many drivers on the roads. That's right, so there's no doubt that the, um, the TAC campaigns have been hugely successful mm. in changing people's behaviour. But, um, but I, I suspect that uh, Mark Webber's been maybe quoted out of context here. I think he was talking more generally about, um, about what's happening for Australia, and, and the media have jumped onto that opportunity. Oh, it sells papers, doesn't it? But talking about incompetent racing drivers, what about the guy who, um, <laughs> who, who can't drive car? Because uh, there was a, uh, uh, this other guy, you told me about this one, Wags, the, uh, the uh, Renault driver. Kubica. Uh, Robert. Yeah. Robert, um, Robert Kubica, his yeah. name is. I think it's yeah. pronounced K-U-B-I-C-A, Kubica, I think. Yeah. 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 Uh, he drives... uses stick shift. That's right. Yeah. 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 He, <laughs> he drives for Renault. Yeah. He's yeah. a Formula 1 racing driver. He's a Formula 1 right? racing driver, but he said, and, and he, he blew the clutch. And we quote... Yeah. He, and quote, I'm not experienced said, driving. Yeah, I can't. Uh, I'm not used to a manual gearbox. <laughs> I mean, now he's what, just doing those little paddle things. Yeah. So, you know. yeah. What made it worse, though, he was actually driving this Renault, I think it was down at Sandown, mm. and it was mm -hmm. a promotional event yeah. Yeah. for Renault, and it was a, a special car they had uh, all labelled up with the Renault logo, mm. and the media were there to film him driving mm. this mm. this new model car, and, uh, and he literally blew the thing up, and they had to push it back. Yeah. Uh, the mechanics were out on the track pushing this broken down car that uh, Kubica had uh, yeah. so a puddle of clutch fluid lying <laughs> on the ground. Great promotion for Renault. What does this say? Does this say he's not a very good driver or does this say that Renault is questionable in terms of its quality? It couldn't stand up to this type of punishment. Um, yeah. Well, I have to say, I drive a Renault clear and it costs more punishment than that. <laughs> <laughs> that they're, actually, they're actually pretty tough cars. There was, um, there was one that was hit by a truck on, the, um, uh, on a uh, motorway in the UK. Mm -hmm. uh, and was pushed along for a mile before the truck driver who <laughs> I don't know what the truck driver was on uh, before he noticed that he actually had a car jammed sideways in front of his truck and then he stopped the car was fine, needed new tyres Mm. That was it. And a bit of a dent in it. So, okay, if you were Renault, I mean, this is obviously something that they never intended to happen. What mm. would you do? What What's the action that you should take if if you end up with this PR disaster? The media there taking photos of your car breaking down. My God, is there is there anything they can do? I mean, do, if the, step number one is to to admit uh, admit fault or blame the driver. What? I, I think they're in a no win situation here. 
I think they're a no-win situation as well. But I don't think it's particularly disastrous. I think people sort of look at this sort of article and see it as a filler. It's just a bit of a filler for the, yeah. the pages on the paper. And you glance over it, you think, well, who really cares? Mm. You know, there's much more exciting news going on. There's, there's bigger news with F1 stars, as we were talking about before. Yes. Um, and, yeah, I think this piece will just get brushed over and that'll be the end of it, really. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah. yeah, still a good car though. Great fun. Oh, oh great car. Ad- outrageously overpowered and everything. Great, fantastic <laughs> fun. Hang on, the Clio or the uh, the Formula yeah. One? Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah, the Formula One too. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah, that's Actually, and while we're on cars, I mean, Toyota have been in the news lately. Yeah, um, we talked about them a couple of times. Yeah, we did, and, and their recalls and all of the problems they've been facing. Um, now, has their brand been damaged? I mean, what's your view on on this? Do you think that as a result of the recalls and the the world's media and, and consumers talking about these recalls, has that damaged Toyota's brand? I think it has to have absolutely damaged their brand and probably not only just there's a fundamental level of damage when happens when a product's being recalled for, for a fault and we've got multiple products and multiple faults occur- occurring one time after the other. But the other thing is that Toyota has been very reluctant to talk about it. And in fact, you know, in the beginning, it looked like they were trying to sweep it underneath the carpet and they haven't been very forthcoming. And um, I think as a result, that sort of creates additional media hype, which they don't need in this situation. And, you know, if, if you're a car like Toyota in the market, your position in the market is all about value, which means an affordable price. But good quality, and reliability, reliable, yeah. sound, Boring. you know, mechanically yeah. stable, all yeah. of these things. Yeah. And so this kind of, this sort of problem goes to the heart of what their positioning statement is in the marketplace to, you know, the people that would be buying a, a Toyota, especially, you know, if you think of like, you know, a Toyota sedan, family car. Um, etc etc so it has to really hurt their brand well as I think I said a couple of weeks ago Toyota is basically a fridge on wheels it, it's, it's a boring piece of white goods that, that is bought simply because it's boring it's the opposite problem to the problem that Renault have because they, they are, they're uh-huh. exciting sporty cars here he, you've got a car that, that, that's terminally boring yeah. Uh, and you buy it because of that. It's a boring, reliable car. You know it's going to start when you want it to start, and it's going to stop when you want it to stop. And it doesn't, and they pretended, or it looks as if they pretended, yeah. to, well, uh, that it didn't. Anyone in the decision process that's considering purchasing a car at the moment, mm-hmm. and if you're weighing up you know, cars in a similar category, and it might be Ford and Holden and Toyota, for example, in your choice set, um, this is going to have to impact on that purchase decision process. Um, Particularly if one of your criteria is reliable. Suddenly there's this big question mark over the Toyota brand. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we all know, you know, if you take your car in for a service and you get a surprise, something needs to be fixed, it's expensive, it's a hassle, the car might be off the road for a period of time. Um, You don't want something that's unreliable, and I guess Toyota comes across as unreliable at this point in time. Mm. So the big um, question then, I mean, if there is a... An apparent problem with your your product as a marketer, um, particularly a motor vehicle marketer, do you try and sweep it under the carpet, or do you very quickly and promptly act on it? Um, do you launch a recall, for example? Is is a recall acknowledgement that there is a problem? I think you need to do both. I think it needs to be acknowledged immediately and then the recall needs to follow, you know, immediately after that as well. I mean, both have to happen. I think sweeping it under the carpet 
cannot be a good way to go because in today's global media, the reality is nothing can be swept underneath the carpet and then it just will look so much worse. Mm. Um, you know, in the eyes of the public. Particularly globally, and uh, mm. Toyota, for example, we saw the news spreading around the world very quickly, um, people having problems uh, through Twitter and Facebook mm. and so on. That's exactly so, yeah. and Probably spreading more because it, right, it's so diametrically opposite to the brand image of Toyota. Exactly. I mean, if, if an Alfa Romeo broke down, no, yeah. we'd be interested because uh, and, and, and sorry to the to the Alfistas out there, but that's uh, that's what you expect from Alfa because they've got decades of um, building up the brand of saying yeah, it's a wonderful, exciting car. But if you actually want to get to work on time, perhaps yeah. you need a Toyota. Hmm. And then when Toyota does that. I mean, it's like you know, it, it, it's like the uh, uh, the Queen or the Pope or the Governor General or something um, racing around the place naked. You know, it, it's uh, it's just so diametrically opposed to the brand positioning. And I think perhaps you know your brand can survive you know one hit where there's there's a recall and there's a problem, but when there's a series of problems, it seems like for a little while there, every third day, Toyota is recalling a model because of some some engineering fault. Um, then people really do start to question the quality of the product and the reliability of the product. And mm. you know, the, the more that happens, the worse the situation becomes for Toyota. Yeah, and it, it's the Qantas type issue too, isn't it? I mean, Qantas, you know, thanks to Rain Man, has that <laughs> positioning as safest airline in the world. Um, but and and when very nearly lost that was it last year when mm. they blew out the side of a plane? Yeah, yeah. 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 Was, uh, I had a colleague on that plane. Oh, great! Yeah, very exciting trip. <laughs> wow. To say the least. Yeah, uh, yes, that would be uh, absolutely. And I was scared because I, I mean that was a QF30, wasn't it? Coming mm -hmm. from coming from Hong Kong. It's, oh, we all fly uh, that. That's yeah, exactly yeah, right. Absolutely. Yeah. So you, it, 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 it's home, doesn't it? Mm. Yeah. Mm. Um, so yeah, if and when Qantas have that sort of problem. Then. It's interesting, we're talking about very different situations in some of these examples. We've got, you know, Toyota who have a problem and a product recall and what do we do about it, which is very harmful to the brand. Um, and then we have a situation, as we were talking about before, with, um, you know, these race car drivers um, doing something negative, but is it really hurting the brand in any way? You know, is it is it going to hurt Mercedes or is mm. it going to hurt um, Renault? Was it Renault? Uh, Renault with uh, yeah. Pipitu, yeah. Is it going That's to hurt right. Renault? And in those situations, this time for negative publicity, it probably isn't going to hurt them, you know, anywhere near as much as something like Toyota, where it's a very serious problem. Mm. Yeah. Um, as not to say the hooning isn't a serious problem, but mm. in, in the way the company would react. To I it. think also if you look at the target segment, um, I mean, hooning might be seen as a, a positive thing among some buyers of cars. Unfortunately, mm -hmm. that's one of the problems. Perhaps, 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 perhaps so with Mercedes. I'm oh, yeah. thinking of the, of the people even older than me in the suburbs around here who belt yeah. around in Mercedes at sort of 20 k's under the limit. Mm. And of course we had the example last year too um, of the Z4 BMW when it was launched worldwide and the car you might remember the advertisement was that the car had different paint colours on its tyres and the driver was on a really large artboard and he was driving around doing donuts mm. and creating like an artistic representation of what it was like to to drive the Z4 and the positioning was that you know this was sheer art essentially the driving of the Z4 was sophisticated and it was artistic and then the campaign in Australia was pulled um, because it was seen in direct opposition to the laws in terms of hooning and in fact the statement was that that advertisement um, even though it was in a very controlled environment encouraged people um, to, to put go paint out, on their tyres well, yeah, to create artwork but apparently to go out and, and do donuts and do basically engage in illegal activity 
Friday, mm-hmm. um, which is kind of funny because you know if you we were talking about it at the time, one of the things we noticed if you turn on to you know one of the TV shows at six or seven o'clock at night, you'll see a current um, an affairs program that shows quite often people hooning in different suburbs, but they don't have to pull their stories as a result of that, even though they show footage mm-hmm. uh, of people doing burnouts and donuts and things like that. So yeah, so so advertising is is more restricted than news. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly right. right. And I guess it's it's important that advertisers, that marketers, are responsible in the message they're communicating. But um, I mean that. That I didn't see that as hooning at all. That uh, the, the, Z4. The, the Z4 campaign. I thought that was, uh, yeah, uh, taking the the advertising regulations just a little bit too far. Mm. Having having to have that one pulled. Um, Almost nanny state, dare I say? Nanny <laughs> state. <laughs> it is now. Look. There's enough testosterone flying around here with all this rev head stuff at the moment. Oh, so let's. So let's move off cars into a into a different product category. Um, Colin. You recently, and um, I, I wish I had have been recording the podcast when you uh, you came to me with this uh, this comment a week or so ago. You recently had an experience down at uh, a particular computer store. Oh, that's right, yeah. Chadston, uh, the, 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 the Apple store at, uh, at Chadston. Now, you don't know the story, Grace. I'd be interested to, to hear what happened. Um, I, I, I told Wags, I, I said, I've got to go and buy a, um, a MacBook. One, one, uh-huh. of my, one of my kids needed a MacBook. As so you do. When I, how old? Uh, as, as, as you do, 18. For, for, oh, for yeah, absolutely yeah. needed. Yeah. Like, yeah. Life will end if you don't have a MacBook. So my, my, my life would end. Yeah. Yes, I think <laughs> so. so my first year students, you'll notice the obvious uh, choice of words there, need. Yep. Um, yeah. <laughs> go back to lecture two. Yes, Thank you. As opposed to want. <laughs> yes, it wasn't a want, it was definitely a need. It, mm-hmm. well, it might have even been a demand. Uh, <laughs> yes, I, 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 I don't think I was asked. I think I was told, but anyway. Um, so I, I, I told you this, Wax. Right? Oh, you, yeah, you'll love it. You, you well, you actually started by saying you came to me and said, "What's the best place to buy it? Where yeah. I get a good deal?" Yeah. I said, "Well, go anywhere because the price is the same, and yeah. Apple will set the price, and yeah. retailers have to fit in with that price." Yeah. Yeah. So, do I buy it online or do I go to the store? And you said, "Go to the Apple store, Chadston. It's terrific. There are no cash registers or anything. It's great. So Wonderful I, I, store." I, 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 I thought well, I was a bit grumpy about having to go and spend this money on a computer anyway, and but I thought, well, yes. So I'm going to a shop that doesn't look like a shop. Okay. Right. Anyway, so we did. Uh, we uh, went out there Saturday morning, nice and early as advised, because Apple buyers don't get up until eleven in the morning. So we were out there at nine. That was my that was my little revenge against the eighteen year old user of this machine. You've got to get up early on a Saturday morning, uh, and and out we went. And sure enough, there were no cash registers there, and that was all very terrific. And there were lots of people hanging around with great big name tags on. Um, <clears throat> I said, right, this is what we want, and they said. Uh, right, okay, terrific. Now, do you want the um, the training session? Training? Uh, yeah, they said. It costs, I can't remember whether it's 200 or $300. And I said, sorry, but I thought the whole point about these things was that they were easy to use. Um, why do I need to pay two or three hundred dollar uh, for, for training? I mean, if I need to spend this much, why am I buying the why am I buying the computer? The product? Oh, it's twelve hundred or something. Okay. Yeah. Oh, I was the basic MacBook. Yep, about yeah. twelve or thirteen hundred dollars. Yeah, yeah. 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 I don't love my kids that much. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a, a base model. Uh, so we said no thank uh, said no thank you to the training. And then uh, and I'm I'm still thinking this is strange because I mean one of the I mean what. The, the Apple brand, the Apple computer brand, is yeah, it's easier to use than the clunky old black things that, that, that I have in the office. 
So, no, they're feeling a bit strange about this. Next thing they're trying I, to you, Your answer should have just been no. <laughs> you took no, offence to this question, obviously. I didn't obviously. take offence. I, I, I just said no. You just said no, thank you. Do you take offence whenever McDonald's says, would you like fries with that burger, sir? <laughs> no, because I expect that. That, that. That's part of the McDonald's brand. You know you're going to be Would you like mud flaps on your new Renault, sir? Um, again, that's... Of course, that, 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 probably that, being trained to... Indeed. And, 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 she, and she, she, was, she was very nice. She was doing a Masters in Media Studies at one of the better universities in, 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 in Melbourne. So must it, be Monash, yes. So then the next thing was, do you want to buy the warranty? And I said, no, no, I'm sorry. These things are supposed to be more reliable as well. The two, the two sort of value adds you're trying to sell me are things that are actually contrary to the brand. And they're supposed to be easy to use. They're supposed to be reliable. And you're, going, you're trying to upsell me on something that runs counter to the brand. Well, just have the computer, please. Tap, 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 tap. Oh, sorry, we haven't got stock. You'll have to order it online. Brilliant. So, your shop. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's great. It's terrific. Go to, go to Apple Store. It hasn't got any catchers. It hasn't got any blessed computers either. So we, so we had to... But what a shopping experience it was. It was a retail environment, right? Oh, it was, it, it was a wonderful retail environment. And the, so and the sales per person was super funky and super cool. And you get everything about the MacBook, right? Um, well, I, I don't know. Because we and the warranty. We, and, and the training. And the warranty and, and, and the training. So we had to order it online. And then it sort of trickled in in drips and drops. I have to say the delivery was fairly prompt. And yeah. so, so it was good. But again, we, uh, we, we, we lost... Uh, a couple of days because of course you always buy these things on the Saturday before semester starts because yeah. so it took so, about two days to be delivered obviously yeah, yeah. so uh, it was it was uh, all, all it was an interesting uh, it was an interesting process but not as exciting as for me as you told me it was going to be. Was that a letdown for your daughter when she couldn't take the, pro the product home? Very much so. Like oh, sort yeah, of that yeah, anticipation, yeah. that yeah. build-up to yeah. we're getting it today. Yeah, we're yeah. going to get Going physically yeah. to the store, we're yeah. making a special yeah. effort. Yeah. And I can't take it home with me. Yeah, she, she was planning to spend all weekend playing with Mac. Yeah, and it turned up on the Monday or the Tuesday or whatever. Okay, so there's a couple of days of frustration or anxiety there, but when, yeah. it, when it did arrive, I mean, that excitement's back. She doesn't hate uh, Mac any more than she used to, or she doesn't love it any less than she used to. Oh, um, she can't, and, and yeah. could she work out how to turn it off, or did she need some training? <laughs> she did not. Well but well done, thank you. No, she, as, as yet, we haven't needed the $300 worth of training. <laughs> of course not. And, and, and it, it's worked absolutely perfectly. And, um, Look, I say good on Apple for, uh, for the suggestive well, for, sale. Yeah, and the, yeah I, I don't see any problem with that. I don't really see a problem with it, except I wonder if there's a demographic, like a segment that they're trying to target. And no offence, Columba. <laughs> <laughs> she says as she looks at his grey hair. <laughs> just, just perhaps that when you went into the store, the training wasn't being aimed at your daughter necessarily. <laughs> <laughs> well, as, as it happens, Tracy, yes, thank you for pointing this out. She was selling it to me rather, rather than to Emma, yeah. Um, but uh, yes, it was, um, it, 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 yeah, I, it, it may well have been aimed more at me, but I, I, I asked her. Um, yeah, the, the purpose of the training, and she was being too polite, uh, mm. to, uh, so I, I, I couldn't actually uh, tweet. I'm just wondering if just this new technology is, with, with Apple, part of their processes to reach new segments of the market, and perhaps because it is simple to use mm -hmm. and so on, that it, 
part of their their desire is to reach segments of the market that um, are not as computer savvy and therefore yeah. perhaps um, to stereotype but maybe mm -hmm. older consumers that have the disposable income to purchase mm -hmm. this type of product can see benefit in it but could also see some benefit in some some unit tra user tracing um, training and are willing to pay for that mm. um, and certainly you know I think of my parents in that, that age category and they would probably fit into the the segment that would be interested in a product like this but actually probably would consider it a bit of user training because their computer skills are not great um, they would see this product as probably useful but they certainly they don't work in an office they're retired now they sort of miss the, the computer revolution um, so I'm wondering if it's just a very specific segment that this is um, targeted towards but they tend to ask everybody because you don't come in with something written across the forehead that says you know I'm you know a uh, four out of ten in terms of computer literacy mm -hmm. so we might as well ask people but I think that. everyone that does walk into that store does have written across their forehead I am not price sensitive because if you were highly yeah. price sensitive you'd be going that's and true. buying the Toshiba or the Dell or the, yeah. the gateway laptop yeah. that's a half the price for the same spec Mm. Um, so and, and perhaps, well, as, as you so unkindly pointed out, both of you, perhaps I, I didn't actually have it written across the my forehead. It was, it was pretty close, it, it was yeah. The, the colour of the hair, yeah, the, <laughs> the, the grey hair showed that perhaps I might not have been as uh, as, as computer literate as all that. I'd say my, my dad uses a Mac and absolutely loves it. But yeah. it's interesting the price. The price I find is is quite high. Like I would assume that this type of you know training that goes along with a lot of products is is either free. Um, or are we done at a very marginal cost? So, you know, perhaps you would say, okay, well, we, we hold a training, you know, time. You can come along in a group of eight other consumers and it's, it's a fee of like $50 or something maximum. Seems to me you're talking about a quarter of the price, which is quite a staggering cost for training of this product. You know, that's actually a really good point. You could then, then meet a whole heap of other Mac users as well, and that's it, and, and it's a goodwill thing. You might give them some food. I wouldn't dream of buying computer training for anything, though. I mean, I, I, can, I can think of nothing worse than sitting in a class learning how to use a computer. I, I mean, I, I don't know whether I'm unique, but I, I prefer to learn in my own time, at my own pace, by reading a blog or... Or watching a podcast to, on to video. Be fair, to be fair to Apple, this this was one-on-one -on -one training, which is why it was so expensive. Mm. But uh, again, I I, mm. I like your point about the uh, um, uh, about the training being free. Why would they have to charge extra for it? If I buy a fifty, sixty thousand dollar car, they don't charge me extra to show how to use it. Ah, but they don't train you how to drive the car. Well, they assume you already know how to drive the car. Oh, they, if, if you wanted driving lessons as well, you'd be paying for them. No, but there was that, there was that over-sophisticated... Was it the BMW, the, the one that was voice-activated or something? Where, I'm not sure. Yeah, and, and certainly I mean, the, the last brand-new car I bought had some... Uh, uh, some features on it that it took the salesman say 10-15 minutes to demonstrate them, uh, demonstrate them to us and make sure that we knew how to do it. Some automatic mm. handbrake and, 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 and that sort of thing which means you have to drive it slightly well, differently. Well you kind of think it's included in the package like I was saying to the boys here on the weekend I got Foxtel um, installed and you know they give you at the, at the end of the session they, they go ahead they do the installation everything um, the installer sits down for 15 minutes and runs you through everything. They give you like a brochure and this is what you do and then they actually sit down and they run you through it and it's like well that's as part of what you're paying for is that you get some sort of advice. And I, I think well with Apple um, why isn't it included and then second of all does that mean your product's actually cheaper because they've stripped out the costs of this sort of like in-store training and therefore you're getting this product 
cheaper because you choose not to actually take the training? Um, my guess is probably no. Mm-hmm. Um, that's not the case. Um, but you've got to wonder, what is the purpose of this? But it's interesting, Foxtel, which is Telstra, isn't it? Yeah. Telstra-related, so you're actually getting better customer service from Telstra than I got from Apple. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> what a marvellous customer service. Sorry, that's well, that's not, that's not, that's not let's not start on Telstra, please. <laughs> that's no. another, that's another, that's another podcast. <laughs> in fact, just looking at the time, because I know, Tracy, you, you're yeah. running off to class in a few minutes. i got to get into so class. So. You're going to have to run. So um, definitely no time for Telstra today. Um, let's Next move time. on, though. I've actually got some feedback from listeners. So we might um, let Tracy run off to class. Yes, yes. Thank you for the um, the session and the couch. Thank you so much, Tracy. Really appreciate it. And um, see you yeah, hopefully you can be back next time. Yeah. Great. Thanks, see Tracy. You. See you. Um, Nicole, we do have some feedback here mm-hmm. um, from a couple of listeners. Remember last, uh, last podcast we were talking about uh, the Cotex advertising? Mm-hmm. And um, we've actually had some anonymous feedback on uh, on our blog and our show notes um, uh, related to these uh, these Kotex ads. Now, mm-hmm. some very insightful comments here. Um, this person, I suspect, is either a, a very switched-on uh, marketing communications student or someone who wor- works in the advertising industry, mm-hmm. because he or she describes three uh, big three approaches to advertising there's deconstruction shock appeal and sex appeal mm-hmm. as the, the traditional ways to yeah. attract attention mm-hmm. uh, but the suggestion is that the the cotex ads where they were uh, wanting to mention the word vagina in the advertising mm-hmm. um, is actually an appeal to people's intelligence this person thinks so okay. not so much on shock appeal or sex appeal but mm-hmm. to people's intelligence Okay, so trying to say that uh, yeah, I suppose yeah, I suppose so, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. get people get people thinking uh, rather than just um, appealing purely to their emotions. Be- because those ads have been getting more and more stupid and absurd, haven't they? Yeah, yeah. Where, where the um, yeah, they're pouring the blue liquid onto the uh, and, and onto the product to show how absorbent it was. Exactly, and, and choosing blue. Mm. Uh, out of, I mean, they're, 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 that is ridiculous. Yeah, because yeah, that's not the colour of the stuff that it does so go. Yep. Exactly. So, thank you, Anonymous, whoever you are. We do appreciate that feedback, and people can read that uh, in the comments section of the show notes if they'd like to read uh, more about what Anonymous it, said. It, it, it's actually really, it, it's a really well-informed one, and, uh, yeah. and particularly interesting. Too too long to read out. Uh, exactly. And we had some other private feedback from Warwick, who's happy for us to share his uh, mm-hmm. his comments. And Warwick had a lot to say about uh, 3D television and a lot of the technology there. I won't go into the detail there, uh, Warwick, but thank you so much for that feedback. But he really want to talk about Mikey and Metlink. Now remember a couple of episodes ago we mm. spoke about um, Metlink segmenting the yeah. market of fair evaders into mm-hmm. those four different categories. Um, firstly he, he, he links back to that, uh, he, he appreciated that uh, sort of little look at, at segmentation, but he then gets stuck into Mikey. Now not that you or I would ever do that. Oh no, 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 splendid product, <laughs> splendid product, yeah. yeah. But uh, what a F disaster he says, and, and the Mikey website itself is just full of press releases defending the debacle. So the Mikey website is more of a, a, a reactive public relations site explaining why they've got these problems. They, not, they haven't got it right, have they? I mean, this was I mean, when we were talking about it a couple of weeks ago, and mm. I was quoting Greg from 
Brunswick or Northcote, I can't remember. Yep. Yeah, Greg Barber, the, mm-hmm. the, the Greens MP, as it, as it happens, yep. uh, who was pointing out that they'd actually pasted a, uh, they'd put up new Mikey promotional posters and actually replaced the blessed timetables. That's right, yes. <laughs> which, <laughs> uh, which really said it all about the, um, uh, the folks of these people. They're desperately trying to defend what's increasingly looking like the indefensible. But, yeah. Well, well Warwick actually went on. I, I loved the connection that Warwick made here. Actually, says that what was uh, really interested, uh, really interested about this, uh, these different types of fair evaders. The fantastic irony here is that Mikey should be the solution to all of their problems. That's why Mikey was being introduced. Of course it should. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah. so because they haven't got this system working, hence they've got this problem on the other hand. So, uh, so really good insight there, Warwick. Thank you so much for that. Um, and while we're on Mikey, um, we've had uh, some more feedback uh, from Peter from. Parkville, mm-hmm. who's given us a prediction. He predicts that Mikey is never going to work on all forms of transport. He's saying now that he wouldn't be surprised if the trams and buses never work. There's a, a big call from Peter. Well, that's, uh, that's an awful lot of my taxes that have <laughs> gone to waste, but then that's it's already happened in Sydney, hasn't it? They, they, they tried to do a smart card in Sydney and just abandoned it. That's Although right. I have to say, that, I mean, the New South Wales administration is, yeah, it, it, it seems to be quite remarkably incompetent. Absolutely, yeah. Good, so that was our feedback, and there was... Oh, actually, just one thing. Moving from incompetence to competence, uh, just quickly, a lovely idea, and since I've, uh, since I've been rude to the, the lovely people at Apple, um, Joshua from Parkville. Uh, it's actually Joshua Gans who works at that, uh, uh, that, that other not bad educational institution based in Parkville, just across the road from Monash's uh, uh, pharmacy campus. Uh, yes. Lovely. He's at the Graduate School of Management there. Yep. I, I quote him because he um, he writes on the same blog that uh, that our colleague and boss Stephen King does. And I will I will link to that blog. It's yeah. uh, it's Core Economics is the blog. You can yeah. actually read that at economics.com.au. So there's some really good insightful stuff in there. Yes, yeah, so that rarest thing in eco- economists who are interested. Yeah. <laughs> they are. And in fact, I mean, there's a lot of um, connection in, in yeah. what they're writing about in terms of economics yeah. back to marketing, and certainly yeah. in terms of demand and customer yeah. relationships yeah. and so on. Yeah. But uh, this guy, Joshua, he was, he was using his, uh, the TomTom um, application on his iPhone. Satellite navigation, yeah. To, uh, to navigate around Boston. And, and of course, it's got the, the traffic incidents, the uh, real uh, live stuff, which is not yet available in Australia. That's Australia right. live, live traffic updates, yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. You can't yet get it here. And it is really smart. So he said, uh, what if we all had this in our cars and you all put your route plans into the, into the iPhone, those plans then get uploaded into the cloud, then all of that information could be aggregated and the optimal route for everyone could be worked out. Brilliant. Okay. So it's solving then, what, what sort of problems? You then receive directions based on the centrally coordinated route We'll be better off for it. So it solves the problems of traffic congestion. Now, he, he goes one step further and yes. says as a result of this, it's going to solve a lot of environmental issues. Yes. And he's also suggesting that iPhones be subsidised or even funded completely by governments, for example, yeah. to help solve global warming, environmental issues, um, well, road they, congestion. Well, I'm, I'm not sure whole... necessarily do that because it make it easier for people to drive cars individually rather than, ah. uh, r- rather than use public transport. So it actually could increase demand for... For yeah, roads, yeah, that's actually the Germans' paradox. So this is Germans who was an economist uh, hundred years ago. Yeah, the, uh, the the easier you make something, the more people will use it. Yep, not, not the less, the more efficiently. Uh, yeah, you know, you make it use people actually use more of it rather than less. Um, but he's suggesting that everybody gets an iPhone for free. 
Yeah. For, for, for that reason. Yeah. And he's also suggested that it's maybe time for a movement or at least an iPhones can save the environment Facebook group. So it'll be interesting to see whether that actually happens. Um, I, it's a fairly uh, long Bowie's drawing there, but um, it, it, it's, it's, it's a good it, suggestion. It, it, it's, a, it's, a, it's a very, very nice idea. So well done, Joshua. I, uh, yeah, I like your thinking. Yeah, it, it, it's, a, it's a really good one. Of course, if it's government-owned, that's another example of the nanny state, isn't it? Yes. Apple would love it, though. Well, I, I, Apple would, but I mean, clearly, that sort of thing is the future, isn't it? I mean, that's what cloud cloud computing is uh, is there for, and it it, yeah. it it does things in real time. It, it's the it's the equivalent of you know in the old days. Uh, well, and I think you still do get it if there's a, a major problem on the road somewhere. Some poor copper has to get out there and stand at a street uh, street corner manually directing traffic. And we've been doing this for years with yeah. um, talkback radio and the traffic yeah. reports every half hour in the morning and so on. So, have you noticed on those traffic reports, incidentally? That they're always out of date. But just occasionally, I don't drive a car much uh, in in town. But where, when I do, I mean, occasionally, hey, yes, there's a problem on the Monash Freeway, and, and it was cleared an hour ago. Yeah, and I'm on the Monash Freeway, and it's yeah. absolutely fine. I reckon, I reckon that when by the time you hear about it on the radio, <laughs> use that route. Or maybe it's someone being very malicious, wanting to get to work a lot quicker, so they call the radio station and say, "There's a problem on the Monash. Avoid it." Just <laughs> a really good idea. Next Friday, next Friday night, when I want to get out of town, <laughs> give it a say, try. Yeah. See what happens. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So interesting thoughts. Thank you so much for that uh, that suggestion, Joshua. So, look, I mean, there's a lot we've covered today. It was great to have Tracy here. Yeah, wasn't it? Um, yeah. And uh, once again, good to have you on the couch too, Cole. Well, indeed. Uh, 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 good to be back. Yeah, and uh, we'll do the same again uh, next time, and hopefully we'll get Tracy or possibly even uh, some other celebrities from Monash Marketing uh, to come and have a bit of a chat with us. But uh, it'd be great for Tracy to come back as well. So uh, I'm away for the next few weeks, so you'll have to find somebody else. So, yeah, uh, okay. I'll, I will. And maybe it'll be uh, Tracy and Wags on the couch next time. Yeah. Yeah. Good. Okay, so to take us out this week, music track of the week, uh, and this is actually. Um, from a, a group called Vitamin D. Um, this is a bit of uh, trumpet jazz pop for you, Cole, knowing your, your taste in music. The track's called The Summer Crossing. See you next week. See you next week, mate. So we could see and believe There could be love There would be no better chance to see this right would be no better time for us to realize and believe that we belong. I believe that there could be something that that could belong. Kissed away the shadows, kept the sun. Oh
said to make a difference You could stay You can join our conversation by calling plus 61 3 or by emailing podcast at monishmarketing.com. This podcast is protected under a Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial Sharealike License. You are welcome to share and remix this podcast for non-commercial purposes.